1: welcome back to new books in hindu studies today i get to speak with dr yonut moiz who is a uh, tutor in comparative philosophy at the oxford center for hindu studies which i've recently discovered and i'm fascinated by um at least in terms of their online offerings and we'll definitely dive into that but more to the point of this interview uh we'll be talking um with Yonut about his uh new um Rutledge, 2019 book "Salvation in Indian Philosophy: Perfection and Simplicity for Vaisheshika." Uh, welcome to the program. Hello, Raj. So, um, uh, maybe let's uh, tell us a little bit about what you do at the at the Oxford Centre for Hindu Studies. I'm not sure if if you're aware, but I recently discovered their online courses. I think maybe two or three weeks ago, um, and I I, I was ignorant of, of that initiative, and it looks like a fantastic uh, way for folks to, to to dive into Hindu studies um, at various levels of, of existing knowledge. Uh, are you currently teaching a course there?
0: Yes, indeed. I uh, teach comparative philosophy uh, for the Hindu Center. It's a course which I designed myself. Uh, um, drawing comparisons between uh, various, um, regarding various concepts uh, um, um, common to uh, Greek philosophy and Indian philosophy, with parallels to um, Hindu, uh, to Gnosticism, and um, um, uh, Patristics theology. Uh, it's a course designed or aimed at uh, uh, visiting students uh, from uh, ne- uh, from Denmark who come to the Hindu Centre to uh, immerse themselves into um, Hindu studies with Oxford University.
1: Uh, that's very interesting. I think while you were there, you were also part of um, some sort of collaborative or exchange program, is that correct?
0: Exactly. It's a collaborative um, exchange between... Uh, um, University of Aarhus in Denmark, and Oxford University.
1: Fascinating.
0: So your book, Salvation in
1: Indian Philosophy, um, what is it about? What's the main uh, point, takeaway, argument of your book?
0: Well, I should start uh, perhaps uh, to clarify first uh, about the title of my book, uh, which is uh, rather a misnomer uh from uh indian studies point of view salvation is not quite the right uh, uh, title for this book um, partly because it's a term that comes uh, from the greco-latin via uh, in uh, latin scholasticism uh, literature Uh, it comes uh, uh, to us in english language from um, the Latin salveo, which uh, is um, uh, a term originally from uh, French. Uh, And um, the term has generally a theological and Greco-Latin underpinning. Therefore, a better title for the book uh, is, in my opinion, liberation. In fact, when I say salvation in Indian philosophy, I talk uh, simply about liberation in Indian philosophy, and that is um, uh, designated by the term uh, moksha or uh, nishreasa, moksha, which is a more familiar term. Um, uh, so could you, could you tell us then, then could, you,
1: could you explain then how salvation rather than liberation became the title?
0: Well, initially, I wanted to uh, produce a book uh, uh, not exclusively uh, on Vaisheshika system, but rather on several other uh, philosophical uh, systems. Um, and um, the title I put forward was Indian Theories of Salvation. And I had looked over Niya, Vedanta, Samkhya, One Buddhist School, um vaibhashika which is a realistic school and uh, jainam and then uh, the initial title was indian theories of salvation
1: and so um the you seem to prefer the idea of liberation to describe uh, the content of what you're talking about so why salvation over liberation if salvation's a misnomer
0: um I wanted, in fact, to clarify for uh, theologians and religious studies scholars that I do not confuse terms. Um, either for uh, post-colonial theorists, um, my attempt would be classified as a Europe-centric um, approach, um, or from the part of uh, apolog- uh, apologists, uh, Christian apologists, and, Uh, would probably be classified as an attempt to uh, steal the term and apply it to another religion. Well, I have clarified in my introduction that this uh, book does not aim to um, do any kind of uh, confusion nor any uh, definitive answer on spiritual seeking, but rather to uh, talk about salvation as a concept which... uh, exist in other philosophical systems and religions and uh, uh, it is for this matter that I want to clarify from the beginning that uh, uh, from the Christian point of view um, salvation uh, is neither perfected nor simple so but uh, from an Indian point of view it is exactly that that is it aimed at at reaching a state of uh, complete perfection and simplicity whereas in Christianity for example uh, there is uh, salvation neither perfected because perfection is continuous nor is simple because it's uh, like uh, a Paul writes in one of his letters is the movement from glory to glory so it's a continual dynamic whereas in Indian um, uh, world uh, the journey is the other way round is uh, um, a beginning from the dynamics r- towards reaching a state of um, uh, non um, return uh, static state uh, rather than um, uh, going to a dynamic as in the uh, Christian and um, um, worldview? So
1: I certainly, um, I certainly understand the need to render uh, work through titles that are broad and accessible to people. Your book um, is part of the same series um, in which, for example, a recent book of mine came out. It's called, quote unquote, The Goddess and the Sun in Indian Myth. Now, who knows what myth is? Who knows if myth is the proper word? Ideally, perhaps it would be something along the lines of, you know, Durga and Surya in uh, in in Purana literature, but then who would know what that book is about remotely? Um, so it's it's entirely understandable why you would have the broad uh, and in my view appealing title of Salvation in Indian Philosophy. Nevertheless, thank you for your clarification um, about distinctions um, to disambiguate your work from other apologetic or or, or other sorts of projects. So. Before we dive specifically into the perfection and the simplicity that you write about, could you give a, a, a little bit of an, uh, of an introduction in terms of Vaisheshika as a system, or in terms of how you ended up studying Vaisheshika? You know, can you tell us a bit about that?
0: Vaisheshika is one of the earliest uh, philosophies uh, that developed uh, in the post upanishadic uh, or post-Shramanic uh, period um it a uh, philosophy exclusively exclusively um uh, focused on uh, the description of the world it's a kind of natural philosophy is a robust ontology by that i mean uh, it tries to define the essence the the difference between quality substances and uh, qualities um it, it it's about uh, um, describing um, the ways in which these essences can be defined and expressed in language, although the linguistics are not um, very um, well-developed in Vaishishka. Nevertheless, its epistemology, uh, which acknowledges the perception and inference as to means of knowledge, has an ontological and uh, essentialist um, orientation, if I, um, if I can put it that uh, simple. The category. Um,
1: Yeah. Great. Please. Sorry. Go on, please Uh, go
0: on. The categories of Vaishishika are six. So we have the substances, qualities, and actions. And on the top of them, we have the particularities. And here is where Vaishishika. Uh, or uh, a originality lies uh, we have the universalities uh, and also we have the inheritance uh, samavaya which um, uh, makes uh, uh, connections between um, these uh, two uh, particularities and universalities so they are opposite uh, yet equivalent uh, terms um, in that they explain each other philosophically.
1: So, um, how does this system of thought vaisheshika how does it relate to or pertain to the central concept of moksha that you're studying?
0: I think uh, Vaishishika, um, uh, like uh, many other systems uh, of um, Indian philosophy, including uh, Buddhism uh, uh, begins from a simple but uh, fundamental question which is namely existential what is um, the nature of um, uh, the world uh, and myself into this world so uh, to put it uh, uh, more simply uh, imagine the Heideggerian question of uh, uh the existence of self into this world am i into the world or uh, am i outside the world so this kind of um uh, uh, existential questions the place of self in temporality and in the spatial cosmos have been addressed by Vaisheshika very very early um and um the point uh, by makes is that um, between uh, self soul and cosmos there is an uh, ontological uh, distinction uh, which should be uh, overemphasized at the macro level that is to say soul is not only distinct from the cosmos but from uh, um, other types of souls So, everything in Vaisheshika is differentiated analytically, um, and uh, yet it has a connection uh, in difference. Um, In fact, the term Vishesha, from which Vaisheshika derives, uh, means exactly that particularity, difference. And it is that which is over. Uh, worked in the system.
1: So this is a, a um, an ancient Indian classical philosophical existential school that emphasizes the particularity of uh, the self among other selves, uh, and also the particularity of selfhood uh, compared to the cosmos. Would you say that's the case?
0: exactly in fact uh, one student of heidegger Hans uh, uh, Jonas defined uh, existentialism as the philosophy of the particular well uh, this kind of definition um, which um, um, uh, w- w- which uh, has been so much developed in uh, recent uh, uh, philosophy is um the kind of uh, philosophy that vaishishika is is an ontological existential uh, philosophy that begins from um, uh, the existence um, from the question of the existence of the self its individualized uh, nature in relation to the uh, wider cosmos
1: in terms of the comparative impulse which i certainly um can understand and respect and um, often engage in when I'm looking at cross-cultural narratives, for example. In terms of your comparison, um, would you say you do so so as to give us a richer way to understand Vaisheshika? Or would you say you do so um, so that you can leverage Vaisheshika for understanding other systems of thought?
0: I think I do it more for contextualizing reasons. Uh, Indian philosophy is uh, remote, is marginalized, partly because uh, we do not know to contextualize it in a global context. Of course, what I'm doing with comparative philosophy is only an introduction to philosophy and is not philosophy per se. What would you say your
1: your work seems to me to be like most of our work, um, aiming at um, correcting perhaps or shifting uh, a certain legacy of scholarship or a field, what would you say your project is is shifting in scholarship or aiming to?
0: Uh, I suppose my project is mostly a continuation of um, um, similar approaches which have been uh, done by... Uh, The French scholar Masson Husserl, and also more recently by Wilhelm Harfass, who wrote a book on uh, Vaisheshika, on being and what there is, and um, who strived, in fact, to uh, do philosophy in this mode, in this comparative mode.
1: What is this? Tell us more about this simplicity and this perfection, uh, a crucial to your argument.
0: Uh, the perfection of simplicita, of Aisheshika, uh, to which I referred, it was um, the, um, the um, uh, way in which the self reaches through a kind of... Uh, Dualistic epistemology of differentiating and um, uh, drawing similarities um, and connections between uh, the world substances. Uh, the simplicity to which this system uh, um, arrives is the state of the soul, which is devoid of its uh, six, um, in fact, uh, uh, nine specific qualities including cognition uh, including pleasure pain um, dharma and adharma things which are difficult to translate now and um, uh, he's also trying to uh, look uh, at uh, the state in fact to find the state of the self that reaches um, uh, a state which is differentiated and yet uh, is uh, is simple is removed of um, um, of uh, fluctuating things like um, uh, volition and aversion and um, like latent impetus like uh, impression let's say samskara uh, like uh, cognition as i said uh, dharma and adharma um, and uh, remaining um, uh, as a result of this removal the soul in Vaisheshika's sheshika's uh, salvation state is the self which is differentiated uh, and yet uh, static in the sense that is no longer uh, falling under the power of adrishta uh, the power of dharma and adharma the power of uh, volition and aversion of pleasure and uh, pain uh, and of uh, impressions which remain in the self uh, dormant in a dormant state uh, the self uh, in the ontological uh, in the esoteriological state in the state of salvation for Vaisheshka, is the one who remains with only six uh, qualities uh, namely which is uh, uh, a differentiating nature uh, which uh, this means that the, the souls are plural in the uh, utter world they are not like in vedanta absorbed or identified with brahman uh, it has uh, conjunction as disjunction a kind of um, capacity to uh, merge or uh, separate uh, it has the capacity it has the nature of number so number is different than difference uh, the category of difference uh, is not, or should not, be confused in Vaisheshika with the category of number. These things must be explained further into uh, a future uh, research, um, and um, this is uh, this is uh, in, in in fact uh, the description of the simple state in which the soul um, exists. In the salvation of Vaisheshika. Um, to put it simply, um, although the description is difficult because one needs to know these um, nine plus uh, uh, five um, qualities of the self, uh, it is the fact that the soul is no longer able to um, sense anything, even to know every anything it means that the soul has been simplified to a such extent that is um, unique uh, and uh, static at the same time so one may ask probably what is the beauty of this plain simple uh, state of vashishka soteriology the only uh, beauty and probably the greatest one which has been Uh, so far neglected in other systems, is that the beauty of the soul uh, in Vaisheshika's state of salvation is the difference. So everything that is different, that is unique, that is differentiated, that is the beauty of Vaisheshika's salvation. And that state is, at the same time, a state of simplicity. Because of the removal of such qualities as cognition, pleasure, pain, uh, and so forth.
1: So this beauty of what you speak, along the lines of its its refinement, it's sort of um I think the word refinement comes to mind. Um it's 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 a separation but distinction from everything else. This 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 um discrete uh simple um Uh, autonomous, perfected state. Um, So for those of us who aren't as versed in Indian philosophy as you are, is this state in the school at all related to, say, the um, popular idea of um, the Atman being um, qualified by Satchit or Ananda? Is there any idea of enjoyment or bliss in this state?
0: No, I'm afraid not, and that was the the the, the reason for the ridicule um, which Vaishishka has been um, um, uh, subject to in the Middle Ages. Uh, partly because uh, they say, what is the bliss of that uh, state uh, of um, um, of liberation, since uh, one can no longer feel pleasure and pain, um, pleasure and pain. Uh, or even the enjoyment of cognition, where the, sim- the beauty of, uh, or, or, as I say again, uh, the only pleasure is, is not a pleasure at all. Actually, uh, it's the the marvel of um, of difference that is um, uh, absolute and infinite, and that is um, um, the uh, only equivalent to. Uh, uh, but as I said, there is no, I think, as um, uh, as uh, as bliss in the salvation state of Vaisheshika, not at all.
1: Thank you for clarifying that. That's a point I wanted to bring out, so folks could get a sense of what this, um, what moksha or salvation or liberation looks like in this context. Um, you use a term uh, in your book, uh, Soteriontology. Could you say a little bit more about that and your use of it?
0: The term so- Soteriontology I came across um, uh, at Hafas. Uh, he is the one uh, who used it uh, uh, first, to my knowledge, um, and is a compound of two words the so from uh, salvation from soteriology from uh, 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 state of salvation and ontology Uh, well he says that uh, this term uh, may apply not only to vaishika but to um, mahayana buddhism and um, advaita vedanta he wanted to write a book uh, on uh, these three um, approaches uh, exclusively focused on soteriontology, ontology uh, which is uh, describing salvation as an purely ontological um, matter is not uh, not um, uh, it's not necessarily a gnostic uh, form of um, ontology by that i mean uh, it's not necessarily related to an absolute revelation of of knowledge to which a self arrives at but rather um, to a state where the soul finds its own ultimate indefinite non um, irreversible uh, irreversible um, identity so this is what I mean by uh, sal- sal- soteri ontology I mean that salvation is not necessarily um, Gnostic or a mental um, form of enjoyment is not uh, spatial um, uh, dwelling, um, but rather is a state, and this state, this nature of the self, is what drives the systems of Vaisheshika, uh, Advaita Vedanta, and Mahayana Buddhism, according to us and I think he's right and what will the alternative
1: view be what is what is what what what, what is it being contrasted against what who who might uh, rebut this what how else can we think about this
0: i think vaishishika is um uh different in uh by contrast or uh, or in relation to the vedic worldview who saw um salvation in terms of um heaven uh uh, which means, as a result, uh, movement um, uh, changes because of the law of karma, which exists uh, and pervades uh, all heavens. Uh, and uh, it's a major step forward in philosophy in ancient India to move from a, stat, uh, from a dynamic uh, form of liberation, the one that uh, produced uh, rebirth, for example, in the Vedic worldview and other uh, systems, uh, and uh, this uh, philosophical movement, uh, which uh, put forward a, a, a salvation which is static. So it distinguishes, uh, to respond to your question, um, the static view of liberation, which is the philosophical liberation. Uh, from a dynamic form of liberation, the heaven, Svarga, as we have it in uh, um, in the Vedic worldview. So, so I understand
1: what you're saying in terms of the contrast between the Vedic worldview's idea of... Uh, uh, so, uh, the soteriology in the Vedic worldview is very different from what we find... Um, in the classical Indian worldview, would you say then that, um, for example, the six uh, classical Indian schools of thought would be united in this respect, or would you say that, that this is still more unique to Vaisheshika?
0: Well, we cannot generalize that easily. For example, Mamsakas have a slightly different view than uh, Vaisheshikas in terms of that, uh, they, um, to my knowledge, uh, still talk about um, Brahma Loka and also uh, uh, layers of Vedanta um, uh, religions and philosophies. Uh, some of them talk about Brahma Loka, um, which is irreversible state. Others talk about a complete uh, identity with Brahman. So we cannot easily generalize their emphasis uh, different emphasis which uh, these six schools there are more than six schools this is just a generic term um, number um, there are uh, considerable differences in terms of um, uh, the description of that particular uh, soteriological state
1: how did you um, how did you become interested in this? Like, what's the, what's the genesis of this line of thought or interest for this project?
0: Well, there are about uh, three questions within your question. First of all, uh, I should be probably asked why am I interested in Indian philosophy. Second question would be why philosophy and not Indian epics, and third question why Vaisheshika? Well. I will respond only to uh, the first question, which I hope will be sufficient enough to answer all other uh, questions. Namely, uh, I like Indian worldview because it provides a unified uh, worldview on on reality as a whole. Uh, reality is um, the subject matter of uh, philosophy, either. Uh, Western, or Chinese, or Indian, and so forth. Um, And uh, by this unified view on reality, I mean the the sense, the relations that um, Indian view draws between the self, uh, the metaphysics of the selves, after all, the doctrine of the soul is a philosophical topic, because we don't have easily uh, uh, easy um, uh, scientific proofs. So it's a metaphysics uh, um, form of knowledge. Uh, and the relationship uh, between this metaphysics with the um, uh, external or the empirical world. Uh, I feel that, uh, or I have been frustrated to see in, um, in uh, both uh philosophical um, uh, among v- philosophical schools and in many religions a sharp distinction between metaphysics and uh, um, and uh, reality the the extent the empirical world be uh, a, a sharp distinction between uh, science and uh, religion between uh, philosophy and theology uh after all um, Indian philosophy uh, was useful to me precisely because it provided more answers uh, in terms of the relationship the tight relationship that exists between soul and cosmos reality external reality and internal reality so uh, this is in short uh, what uh, I wanted to, to to see
1: so that's um, that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. So if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, um, you were drawn to Indian systems of thought, philosophical thought, because in your perspective there is um, more of a a, a cohesion or um, a, 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 an attempt to account for empirical reality. Is this is is this an approximation of what you're saying?
0: Exactly, yes. I was, uh, in uh, um, in other words, um, um, awakened to the fact that uh, reality uh, and the external world um, is a place um, s- insufficiently known uh, from an ontological point of view. Uh, we discuss um, the nature of essence, substance in scholastic philosophy, for example, Uh, but we don't necessarily um, realize uh, nowadays uh, um, the importance of knowing uh, the world from uh, a metaphysical perspective. We study the world from an empirical perspective which is a reductionist uh, but not from um metaphysical uh perspective as well. So what I wanted to to do to do with this research is to um to understand the world, the empirical world, uh, from both perspectives. There's so many
1: um interesting ideas in, 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 in what you're putting forth. Um I often in my own using CA um sort of a duality to our experience as human beings and that um, there is an objective empirical world that um, can be measured and manipulated through what we loosely call science. Um, and there's also um, a subjective uh, metaphysical world, if you will, that we enter into and participate in just by function of being human and being conscious. And it seems to me these two modes are, at odds, might be a little harsh. I don't necessarily uh, feel that uh, religion or spirituality and science should be as, as at odds as they are, perhaps uh, in our times. But I do see them as sort of fundamentally different in that while the empirical realities and truths are demonstrable, it seems to me that em- uh, metaphysical uh, insights, realities, truths. I don't mean uh, illusions or strictly subjective perspectives. I mean what we can think of perhaps as uh, truth if five individuals have all realized the same truth, but that truth is metaphysical and it's not demonstrable in the way that scientific truths are. So um what I'm using on here is, is this idea that I I always see them sort of uh, working in different directions or not entirely compatible in their methods. So I really find what you're saying fascinating because you see them as more, you see more of a a propensity for integration between these two modes, if I'm hearing you correctly.
0: Exactly. In fact, um, the question that, uh, for example, uh, dance could, Scotus in the 13th century would address, and many scholastics uh, uh, some time ago would be is any um, uh, between substance and qualities, between essence and um, um, essence and um, essence. Um, essence and sss would be the correspondent of um, existentiality Uh, is there any uh, this real sharp fundamental distinction or is just an informal distinction where this uh, distinction that we have put in um, uh, in science in education over the last uh, let's say uh, probably uh, over the last eight hundred years, um, has um, uh, has brought us to the to to. I think uh, this debate of whether reality in reality in our reality there is a real distinction or an informal distinction. Uh, it's something that uh, um, has been. Uh, uh, defeated by the view that there is a fundamental real distinction and that is not the view of Dan Scottus I have quoted earlier uh, but as I said um, this fundamental question between the sharp separation between metaphysics and ontology m- many people nowadays use only uh, metaphysics for ontology in fact for me there is a distinction there between metaphysics And ontology. Ontology is more oriented towards the empirical world, towards sciences, whereas metaphysics is more toward uh, towards uh, theology and um, uh, philosophy and religion. Um, So, between these two realms, uh, have for for the last eight hundred years has been a a, a very very um, thorny debate whether there is a real distinction between the two or just an um informal uh, uh distinction formal distinction sorry so um
1: no thank you for the thank you for the perspective do you feel that the insights of um what you study sort of uh as a system of thought is it is it inextricable from this doctrine of samsara and karma, or do you think that there is, or do you think that there is utility there irrespective of, of subscribing to a samsaric worldview
0: uh, i'm not sure if I understand the question if you could um, uh, reformulate it that would be very
1: what i 'm asking is that there there is um do you think Vaisheshika philosophy uh, is at all useful, independent of the soteriology of trying to escape the wheel of karma and rebirth? Or do you think that it necessarily uh, functions and has value within the perspective of sub and rebirth?
0: I think uh, it does have value uh, for the... for the uh, for the to put uh, in uh, has value uh, in that it puts forward a solution an original solution to the rebirth theory and um, namely by uh, removing uh, from the soul uh, its um, emotional qualities because all nine specific qualities that are removed in liberation or before liberation, uh, are all emotional in character. So, uh, whether um, uh, Vaisheshika Soteriology is uh, attractive or not, it does, in its own original way, uh, respond to um, karma theory, and it explains how that has. Um, a uh, been um, uh, annihilated, uh, the karmic law, how it is annihilated, uh, namely by removing the static essence of a substance from its dynamic qualities, the nine I mentioned earlier. Was there
1: anything else about the book that you hoped you would touch on today?
0: Uh, there were other questions I uh, was um, uh, looking at uh, um, but um, for the time being I would prefer uh, to uh, not to talk about them because I want to transform them into a, a next uh, project on a philosophy of difference in a comparative um, uh, mode with so, so from, tell us the story with parallel. Yeah, t- so, tell
1: us about your next project. That would be a great way to close.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I was thinking uh, uh, to look at um, uh, Dvaita Vedanta, which is a school that somehow continues the um, worldview and the philosophical uh, point of view of Vaisheshikas. By describing reality as differentiated and yet unify, unified, and yet on uh, on uh, on realistic terms, not idealistic terms like uh, the, um, the rival school of Advaita Vedanta, um, and that particular school, uh, and uh, namely the category of Vaisheshika, is something I would like to explain more in relation to equivalent terms which we have in other textual traditions such as um, byzantine philosophy or even latin scholasticism uh, i will not disclose more about this uh, project uh, but it's something i'm working on at the moment
1: certainly sounds like interesting work um, that's great so we've probably taken enough of your time for today so we'll close now uh, for those of you um, for those of you out there listening, um, we have been talking about uh, salvation in Indian philosophy, uh, perfection uh, and simplicity for Vaisheshika. This is one of the recent additions to the Rutledge uh, Hindu Studies series. Uh, and we've been speaking with its author, uh, Dr. Yanut Moise, who is a tutor in comparative philosophy at the Oxford Center for Hindu Studies. Thank you very much for speaking with us today.
0: Thank you very much.
1: For those of you out there, keep reading, keep listening, stay safe.